anyway. So, <clears throat> Titus chapter 3, we have looked at godliness in the church, chapter 1. That there needs to be a God-likeness in the church. And then we looked at godliness in the home. You ought to be able to find God in the home, not just in the place you worship. And then there should be a godliness that we carry out into the world. And those good works that we looked at and that Jesus, the, the kindness and love of God was shown to us. And we can show that to others. But then tonight, tonight you get to a place where some people I think would say, well, you know, it's just the close of the book and, and it's just the end and these verses don't mean anything. I believe that every single verse in the Bible is an important verse in the Bible. God didn't waste anything. 31,102 verses. He put everyone there on purpose. Every word that's there. All 788,258 of them, he put them there on purpose. He could have written anything he wanted, but he takes the time through the hand of Paul in writing to Titus to mention some things at the end of this letter to Titus. If you look with me, the Bible says in verse 12, When I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychicus, be diligent to come unto me to Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. Bring Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their journey diligently that nothing be wanting unto them. And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses that they be not unfruitful. All that are with me salute thee. Greet them that love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. I think it's instructive that you have some names of men personally right here. You have the name Artemis, verse 12, Tychicus. And then in verse 13, you have Zenos and Apollos. And God allowed those men's names to be mentioned. And I think primarily for you and I, I think that we ought to understand. Are you listening to me tonight? We, we ought to understand that the Christian life and being part of a local church is not something that we do on our own by ourselves, but we need helpers in the ministry. That we need one another. It's not that we can say, well, I'll just get it done. And I know some people would prefer to do things themselves. I'd rather do it myself and not ask somebody else to do that. But God takes and he'll put different people together, unique people together. And he'll bring them together and he'll put them forward so a greater work can be done. I think the great example of that is this work that we've got going on over in the Ukraine. It took people with the ability to make a logo, to make a website. It took people that spoke uh, Ukrainian and Russian. It took being able to get those things out onto Facebook. It took people that had money to give to put that out there. It took somebody like Brother Scott Dean to raise that money. And all I'm saying, God brought all that together and now we're hearing about six plus million people that have heard a gospel presentation, and we got to have a part in that. So it wasn't just one individual. The same thing happened in Thessalonica. We had 17 churches, 17 Baptist, independent Baptist churches come together and send people to Greece for over a year and a half and established a church back, I guess it may have been, how many years ago, Scott? Eight years ago, nine years ago? maybe even more, 10. And that, listen, that church is still going today because a bunch of people got together and worked together for the Lord's glory. Helpers together. And if you're going to be a helper, there's three things I want to point out tonight. It's very simple. Number one, if you look at the Bible, it says, when I shall send Artemis unto thee or Tychicus, 
Now, understand, he's saying, Titus, I'm going to send these two men, Artemis and Tychicus, to you. And when they come to you, look what he says, be diligent to come unto me. So in other words, if you think about that, he's going to send two men, Artemis and Tychicus, and he's going to send them to Titus on, on the Isle of Crete, and now Titus is to leave. In other words, he's going to take and leave his post, his duty, his place of service, and now Paul is sending two other men to step in to that area. The first thing I want to say about this, if we're going to be helpers of the work, we have to be task-oriented. Task-oriented. You have to put more attention on the job at hand than you do the title that comes along with it. There are some people, they want a title. They don't care what the job is. I just want the title. Having a title is not the important thing. Getting the job done is the important thing. And the reason I say that, look what it says, when I shall send Artemis. Do you know that's the only time he's mentioned in Scripture? Do you know we don't know anything about that man? Nothing. That's all you know about him right there. When I shall send Artemis unto thee. There's no mention of him in the book of Acts. There is nothing to give us any kind of description about a man that is being sent to step into a pastoral role where Titus is. And yet I know this. How many of you would agree with me? There's no way that Paul's going to send a novice there. This man must have had great character. Amen? This man must have been somebody that had already proven himself. He must have been somebody that had a reputation of a man that was full of good works, that was full of the Holy Ghost, and he's sending him to Crete because remember, Cretans, look back there in verse number 12 of chapter 1, that the Bible says the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. This place is full of people that work wickedness like animals, that are, that are paying attention to themselves and that, that are honest. And he's sending this man to take Titus's place. So he sends him there and then he sends, look at the next guy there by the name of Tychicus. Now Tychicus on the other hand. Oh, now Tychicus. Boy, you can could, you could preach an entire message on Tychicus. He's mentioned in the book of Ephesians. He's mentioned in the book of Colossians. He's in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He's in Acts chapter 20. There's a lot you can say about Tychicus. In fact, Tychicus, let me give you a few descriptions about him. He's called the beloved brother. He's called a brother that is loved. He's beloved. He's dear to the apostle Paul, the beloved brother. I can can think about some people in my mind that I would describe that way. They are beloved brothers, beloved sisters. They are somebody that is, they're easy to love and they've got got such a, a, a goodness about them. Not only is he called the beloved brother, but he's also called the faithful minister. He's a faithful minister. Don't you think we ought to be faithful? He's called a faithful minister. Now these are two guys that are being sent to where Titus is. A faithful minister and then he's called this, he's called a fellow servant. So that tells you about his heart. He's a humble man. And that's important. Remember, I said task-oriented, not position-oriented. Because look at it. Look in your Bible. The Bible says, when I shall send Artemis unto thee or Tychicus. He said, I may send either one of them. I don't know which I'm sending. I may choose this one or I may choose that one. Yeah, I can, can you imagine? And this, this happens to people. I, I've been told you should never mention people by name because all the people that get offended when you don't call them by name. Have you ever heard that said? Well, we we need to name everybody so we don't leave anybody out. Well, I understand what they're trying to do. 
Meticicus, you can find him throughout the Bible. And Artemis, you can't find him anywhere. But here's what Paul said. I'm going to send one of those guys to you, Titus. He's going to take your place and you're going to come to me. And you know what? There could have been no, there could have been no pride between those two men. Because Tychicus could have said, hey, look, I'm the, I'm the beloved brother. I, I'm, the, I'm the faithful minister. I'm the fellow servant. I'm the one that should get this job. It's not about the title. It's about the job getting done. Hey, listen to me. If you're going to help at Tabernacle, listen, listen. If you're going to help at Tabernacle, you have got to put out of your mind that you've got to have some title to do that. You've got to say, I'm going to give myself to the task at hand. That's what's important. If you never get recognized, if nobody ever gives you a plaque, if nobody ever comes up and pats you on the back and says, I just want you to know, that is not a person that's going to be a helper to the work that's got to be patted on the back, that has to be recognized. You know, it reminds me of a little child, a little child that doesn't get his way and says, it's my ball, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Those people are never a help in a church. Well, y'all didn't take that well. If it's about it's yours and it belongs, listen, there is no part, listen, this ministry, hey, are you, this ministry does not belong to me. This is not my church. Now, I mean that in saying, as in I, I am the head of this church. You know what I am? I'm just the pastor of this church and I'm glad I'm part of Tabernacle Baptist Church. I've had people say, you pastor Harold Seitler's church and it's going to be that way the rest of my ministry. I, when people meet me, they say, oh, you, you're the pastor down there in Greenwood, Harold Seitler's church. And you, you say, and I've never corrected anybody. Look here, my name's Joel Logan. I am not Harold Seitler. You call me by my right name. I'm the pastor now. Who cares about that? We don't need a bunch of people with pride about they didn't get recognized or they don't have the title. We just need people that get the job done. Get the job done. Well, that was your brother, Terrell. Danny Rose didn't need any recognition. Danny Rose didn't need a pat on the back. Danny Rose just needed something to do, and he'd come find it to do at the church, and he'd do it. And if you told him good job, he would get embarrassed. If you said, I'm going to do something for you, he'd say, oh, no, no, don't you do anything to me. Preacher, God's been good to me. And he had a hard, hard, difficult life with his wife and the maladies that she suffered. I'm, I'm just telling you, Danny didn't care about the title. Danny just wanted to get the job done. Those are people that are helpful. They're task-oriented. I think that's why Dr. Seidler went around picking up trash. Had one of our graduates during the alumni days, he said, I can remember right now. And he pastors now. He said, I remember walking the hallway and he said, Dr. Seidler looked at me, he said, he said, hey, go pick up that trash over there. Well, you've got to give me the title of trash picker up at first or I'm not going to do it. No title, no job, not, no word. No, that's not that. These people were task-oriented. That's what you've got to be. That's what I've got to be. Got to get the job done. Well, I'm too big to do that job. If you're too big to do the job, you don't need the job. The job's too small. I had a good time today walking people back and forth to their car while it was raining. With an umbrella. Wasn't even my umbrella. I did. I had somebody, first time I did that, somebody came to me and said, Preacher, you're walking people back and forth with an umbrella like I'm the one that's supposed to be escorted out. No, it's not about the position. It's about the job that needs to get done. 
task oriented. Then the second thing, second thing, <clears throat> second thing, I'm, I'm watching my clock because Hobart said he didn't believe we'll get out early. All right. <laughs> There's a lot of people in Alabama agree with you. When I shall send Artemis unto thee or Tychicus, be diligent to come unto me to Nicopolis. For I have determined there to winter. Now, why would God put that in the Bible? Why would God name a city like Nicopolis, which most of us don't even know where that is, and then give you the time frame? Whatever Paul's choosing to do in Nicopolis, whyever he chose Nicopolis, we're not even told that. But we are told, I want you to come to Nicopolis. Nicopolis is on the western side of Greece. It's northeast of Corinth. It would probably be as far as you would look at seeing where Paul would go unless he goes on to Rome. But where he is there at Nicopolis, it's on the coast of, of that place. And, and when he tells Titus, he says to Titus, he says, listen, be diligent to come unto me to Nicopolis. Now, when I read be diligent, I think he's trying to encourage him, get there in a hurry. Give your attention to getting to me. And here's what, the second thing I want to say this. Listen, if we're going to be helpers of the work, number one, we've got to be task order. Number two, there's got to be commitment over convenience. Commitment over convenience. <laughs> you know, I can imagine somebody saying, well, why Nicopolis? Why do I have to come there? I don't want to go there. You know, this past Sunday, I don't, I don't know how many of you paid much attention to Brother Wyrick, but aren't you glad that God didn't call you to Alaska? Now I can hear somebody saying, oh, it would be great. It would be great in the summer, but it would not be great in the winter. It wouldn't be great in the fall. It wouldn't be great in the spring. Summertime, beautiful place. Cold. Did you hear what he, I think he said 50 degrees below zero. Did anybody hear that? 60? 60 below zero. That's a whole lot colder than your freezer is. You want to live in your freezer? No, you don't. And yet, you know what he said over and over again? I love my people. I would go back now. That's where I want to go. I, and and this, he said, oh, God sent him to a location. And you know what he did? He didn't say, well, I, if I, I, I'm not going to go there. I want to go to a place that's warm, or I, I want to go to a place that's, that's populous. I don't want to go to the country. I want to go to the city. Listen, here's what I think. When it, men, are you, you Bible college, you listen to me. Wherever God sends you, that, that ought to be where you're willing to go. Yeah, but I, I don't know anything about that place. I don't know the language. Brother Melvin Ball, if he was here tonight, I would point him out. At 40 years of age, God sent him to Brazil, and he had to learn Portuguese. Come on, man. I mean, there's a lot of us in here, we hadn't learned English yet, right? You had 12 years of English, and I got to learn another language? I got to learn Portuguese? And yet he went. And I'm saying, he wasn't worried about the inconvenience. Lord, I'm 40. When I came at 50, I had some of my close friends say, Joel, you're 50. God's let you build a good work in Alabama. You're crazy to go and start all over again in South Carolina. Only problem is, I had somebody tell me where I was supposed to be. Right? This place is so much different than Alabama. So much different. That's the South. But Greenville's a busy place. Tabernacle Baptist Church is a busy ministry. 
And that's not saying we didn't have busyness back in Alabama. We did. But I'm just saying, I could have said, Lord, I'm not going to go. And then I'd missed out on a lot of things that I've got to see. And and what he's saying, he's telling Titus, I want you to be diligent to come to Nicopolis. You make sure you leave where you are on Crete. You understand where Crete is. If you look on the map, go look at Crete, then look at Greece. I mean, he's got to travel. He's probably got to get on a boat to do that. They didn't have planes back then. (laughs) Anybody here ever been seasick? You know, I can even say, "I, I, I can't go. I can't go to Crete. There's some people, my grandmother would not get on a plane. She said, the Bible says, lo, I'm with you. You've heard that, right? <laughs> I'm staying down here on the ground. She won't get on a plane. And all I'm just saying, look, if we say, well, Lord, I, I'm not going to go there. We have to take inconvenience. We have to put that. But look what he says. And look at the time, though. Be diligent to come unto me to Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. Nicopolis is north, east of Crete. Crete probably a warmer place than the Cobbles. And he says, I'm going to be there in the wintertime. I want you to come to me in the time of winter. You know, if you say, well, since you're on the coast of Greece, how about I come in the spring or the summer? He said, no, I'm going there for the winter. And if if we're not careful when it comes to helping in the work, convenience will dictate whether or not we're part of it. And it can't be that way. It has to be commitment. We're going to have a work day at the end of this month on 26th. Now, we're going to take, we're going to cut down some trees that are right over there in that little, that little area facing the ball field down there where Mrs. Sandy's told me they've got all kind of ticks and all kind of the stuff they get out of there. And then around our graveyard, our cemetery, we're going to clear out some of those trees. And I have no idea what temperature is going to be that day. I don't know if it'll be cold, if it'll be hot. But, you know, sometimes people make a determination whether or not they're going to be involved in the work based on what the temperature is. <laughs> How many of you ever gone to work tired? Oh, well, we've got a lot of people not listening tonight. Oh, yeah. How many of you spent the whole week working and you were tired? How many of you ever been to work sick? You've been to work sick. Don't feel good. I'm tired. Well, why'd you go? Paycheck. Paycheck. Well, the thing about the work for Christ, paycheck's not down here. Paycheck's up there. By the way, a whole lot bigger than down here. Untaxed up there. Amen. Incorruptible up there. So what I'm saying is we have to put aside, well, it's just not convenient. Just like we'll have a, we'll have a meeting. When is a good time to have a meeting? I've had people tell me, preacher, why do we have a meeting at 630? It's so hard to get to church because we got work and this and that. And, and, and then how long do you go with the meeting? Well, preacher, you know, Monday through Wednesday, we got work on Thursday and Friday and, and we got school and, and all of those things. When is a convenient time to have a meeting? I don't know that there's a convenient time, but I'll say this. Listen, I'll tell you right now, churches like this church, we need to have extended times with God in the Bible. We need that. So all I'm just saying is that commitment has to be over convenience. How many, how many of you think it would probably cost him something to travel to Nicopolis? <laughs> I guarantee it cost him something to travel. You know, well, there's a cost to that. He didn't care. He just said, listen, I want you to be diligent to come to Nicopolis. Then look at verse number 13. Verse number 13, last point. Bring Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their journey diligently that nothing be wanting unto them. So now he mentions two other men. First two men he mentioned, he said, there's a task that needs to be done. Titus, you come home. I'm sending one of them to you. No room for pride. We're not worried about position. 
And then Titus, I want you to come where I am. Put aside convenience and be committed to get here diligently. And now he mentions Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their journey. Only time you find Zenos' name is right here. No other place in the Bible. And you know what it says about him? It says he's a lawyer. Now, is he a Jewish lawyer? Because if he's a lawyer in the Jewish economy, then that means he's, he knows something about the Scripture. All right? The law. But if he's a Roman lawyer, then that means he knows something about court. Either way you look at it, this is somebody that has been trained and has a very unique expertise. And then if you look at Apollos, if you're in your Bible, if you look right out beside there, we're not going to spend time tonight to go there, but write Acts 18 out beside Apollos. Let me read to you about Apollos, what kind of man he was. In Acts chapter 18, here's what the Bible says Apollos was. Apollos was an eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures, instructed in the way of the Lord, fervent in the spirit, and he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. This man was eloquent, mighty in the scriptures, fervent. What I'm saying is Apollos was a very gifted man. Paul said this about himself. He said that he was rude in speech. Now, I don't, I don't think that means he was crude in speech. And, and that gives me an opportunity to say this. I don't believe Christians ought to have crude speech. I, I don't think we ought to use filth. Filth shouldn't be coming out of our mouth. Something good ought to be coming out of our mouth. But he says, I'm a rude speech. I think that may have meant that it was very hard to listen to Paul. Maybe the way Paul wrote gave an appearance of who he was, but when you saw him, it's not who he looked like through his letters. I've had people do that. I I, I remember I visited a lady one time in Alabama. It's happened to me here. I've had more than one person do this when they've heard me. Uh, They've heard me on the radio, and and she had heard me by tape, and I went to see her. I knocked on the door. When she opened the door, I said, Hello, ma'am, I'm I'm Pastor Joel Logan down at Sweet Springs Baptist Church. And she said, You are? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. She said, Well, I thought you'd be a great big old man. And then she said a couple other things. I'm not going to tell you what she said. I said, no, ma'am, that's not me. This is me. I think Paul, Paul could have easily have gotten what, jealous, envious, because this man is eloquent. This man is mighty in the scriptures. He knows the Bible. He's gifted. And what I'm saying is this. We have to be careful. If we want to be a helper of the work, what we have to do is we have to embrace those with ability. And it happens all the time. I know it happens all the time. We get, um, we get intimidated or maybe we feel like we have to say something to make a level playing field. For instance, there are people. How many of you think there are people in here? This is a really good question. <laughs> are we videoing right now, Eric? Good, good, good. How many of you think there is someone in here smarter than you are? You know, sometimes we get intimidated by that. I'm telling you right now, I'm in a room right now. I, I know people in here that are brighter than I am. Yeah, well, they're compromisers. That degree they got, it tainted their mind. <laughs> this is another good, this is a good question. How many think there are people in here a whole lot more personable and likable than you are. I'm I'm glad we got that on video because I saw some hands that didn't go up. No, I'm it. I'm it. 
sometimes you get around somebody. I have people say all the time, well, you have this personality. Well, you don't know. You, you really don't know what goes on in somebody's mind. There are some people that have a, a, a very outgoing personality. They have a very, very difficult time being in front of people. And I'm not saying that's me. I'm just saying that people get intimidated by that. So then they have to say, well, you know, they're just, they, and they, they, they say, how many of you think there are people in here that are more skilled with their hands than you are? So what, here's what happens. Well, uh, you know, he just, you know, that's stupid. You know, he, he, he works his hands because he's just, he's just stupid. I, I'm glad, I'm glad that I don't know the notes on the piano. Nathan, as far as I'm concerned tonight, every note you played was right. But there's about to be somebody here that knows F's and F sharps and augmentation and all those things. And you said, mm-hmm, that second phrase, that third note, that was a little bit sharp and played too fast. And you know, what a lot of, you know what a lot of churches do? They get rid of people that have ability. And they do it a couple of ways. One, they put them in a corner and they say, just sit there. Because we're afraid of you. The best question yet. You rolling up there, Cody? Thank you, sir. How many of you here think there's somebody here more spiritual than you are? Hard to do that, isn't it? So somebody that's more spiritual than, oh, they're legalist and, you know, they're a holy roller and all this. So we kind of just move them. And so what happens? They get moved to a corner and they don't get used or something said about them or somehow they're, they're, not, they're not appreciated. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you tonight. Are you listen to me. I'm glad we have some people here that are smart. <laughs> Come on. I'm glad we got some people that are smart. I'm glad we got some people that are talented. I'm glad we got some people that have a great personality. I'm glad we have some people who have some money. Right? I'm glad we have those people. Instead of saying, oh, no, 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 no. You can't, you don't belong here. You will fit here. If you can't appreciate somebody else that has ability, then what you're going to do is you're going to cut off people that can help the ministry. And then let me say this. If you have ability, listen, if you have ability, God's the one that gave it to you. If you can sing and you strut your way up here and they get ready to play and you have to <clears throat> and you may be talented but you're not going to help the work. You're not going to help the work. And what I'm saying is these men that are listed, Zenith's not listed any other place. He's a lawyer. You know, Luke was a physician. I know people that think that if you're a lawyer, you have no value. I'll tell you one thing we've learned since I've been here at the home, we need lawyers. We need them. They've helped us. There are some people that don't think a physician has great value. I'm telling you, we need physicians. My family, we have depended on people that know God and know medicine and the Bible says he's a beloved physician. But then Apollos is this gifted man, and he's not afraid to mention him. He says, bring them diligently on their Nothing be wanting. Treat them right. Treat them good. Nothing wanting unto them. Treat them right. Because they're a help to the work. Now, the last thing I'll say is this, and I'm finished. Verse 15. All that are with me salute thee. Greet them that love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. I think it's right 
to show appreciation for people that are helping the work. I give you for instance, he's sitting there tonight. Brother Stewart, would you stand up? Brother Stewart, I want you to know our church loves you and we appreciate so much all your years of faithful service here. There are people that know that man belongs to this church. They asked me about him. I hadn't seen that guy out there mowing the lawn. Is he still there? Yeah, he sure is. Or they'll say, hey, by the way, I saw that. What's that man's name? It's always out there taking and moving around all the guard. Oh, Brother Stewart. I appreciate some, and you know what, you ought to tell them. You ought to be grateful for that. Thank you, Brother Stewart, you can sit down. There's a lot of people like that. We got all kinds of people here that, that do a great job, that have a, that have a and make sure you tell them. Make sure you let them know. The last, when's the last time you told your Sunday school teacher you appreciated their, their effort? When's the last time you told the folks in the cafeteria on our banqueting committee you appreciate them cooking for us? Come on, we eat pretty good around here, don't we? I don't know, Ben, Jody, are y'all in here tonight? They're helping next door. Jody keeps the place clean. She keeps this place clean. She helps out brothers too. You know what? Hey, I appreciate you keeping things in good order. I think that's, that's biblical. And the Bible ends there in Titus chapter 3, verse 15. Grace be with you. Just the same way it started off is the same thing. It starts out with grace and it ends up with grace. And I, listen, I want to be a help to the work. I want to be a help to the work of God abroad and right here at Tabernacle Baptist Church. So I got to be task oriented. Don't worry about the position. Don't be full of pride. Don't, don't worry about that. I need to appreciate and em embrace people that have ability. And I need to choose commitment over convenience. And that'll help me be a help to the work. How many of you love your church? Do you? I'm not here to get from it. I'm here to give to it. Boy, but I sure do get a lot from being here. And I appreciate that. All right, if you stand to your feet. <clears throat> Lord, we're grateful for a group of people that would come out on a Wednesday night and um, listen to your word be preached. Lord, we're grateful for the people, Lord, that, that labor, oftentimes unseen, unnoticed. Lord, we're thankful for the people you send us that have great ability. Oh, help us to use them and help them to use their abilities, their gifts. Thank you, Lord, for the people that are willing to take and commit to something in spite of the inconvenience that may be there. And that Timothy's life was filled with these kind of men certainly made him a very rich minister. And, Lord, I believe we have a rich church. Thank you for that. Help, help us. Help us, Lord, not to be full of envy with those that may have better ability than we. Lord, help us, help us to be engaged with the abilities you've given us, knowing they come from you, Lord. And help tabernacle. Help us to step forward for the glory of Jesus Christ. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. <clears throat>